Welcome to the Eerie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. How do you feel about change? Some of you love new things and new opportunities, while others look at change with apprehension and concern. Sometimes we're more measured and want to see what the change will be before we decide whether or not we'll be on board with it or not. We're starting a new series today called 21 Days of Change. Pastor Nicole is going to look specifically at how prayer and fasting can unlock God's designs for us and bring about true God-inspired change in our lives. We're going to examine four different people from the Bible and how they approached fasting and prayer and what God did in their stories. So let's get started today. Here's Pastor Nicole. One of the things that I really wanted us to focus on this summer so we could prepare our hearts um, for what God wants to do for us this fall is to dive into a series called 21 Days of Change. Now we're going to learn about how fasting and prayer can really bring about true change into our lives. So I want you to know um, the staff and I have been cooking up some really great things uh, for you this month. So even though it's the last month of summer, um, it's going to be a great month, okay? It's going to be lots of opportunities to engage in prayer and fasting. In fact, it's like a buffet of options and choices. So I'm going to tell you all of it, and I want you to make sure that you um, work to fit some of these things into your schedule. You won't regret it. As you saw just a moment ago, um, there is a three-week prayer class starting next Sunday um, taught by Lori Pickens and Stephanie Rupp. It's going to be dynamic. It's going to be incredible. Uh, make sure you register for that and don't miss that. Um, at the end of the month, we are hosting an all-women's worship night on Friday. So um, all, all the women of the church, we're going to get together right in this room. We're going to worship. Following that, there's going to be snacks and fellowship together. And then Sunday, just two days later, uh, we're going to have an all-men's worship night that Sunday night where all the men of the church are going to be here worshiping and praising God, and then they're going to smoke some meat, okay? That's what they're going to do. And so we're going to go deeper with each other, with the Lord and in community. So make sure you add those to your schedule. Um, and lastly, I'm really excited about a new way to engage in prayer uh, that we created called a guided prayer walk. Um, this prayer rock is going to be open starting today through August 28th. In fact, it's all set up for you right now. Uh, you can come anytime it's daylight. So it's open from the sunrise to sunset. Uh, come with your family. Come by yourself. Come in between you running errands on Peach Street, whatever works best for you. And all you have to do is um, under these, in the, by these front doors, under this um, awning out here, is station one, uh, and you just stop by there, grab the map, it will walk you through easy to use instructions. There are 10 prayer stations for you to engage um, in prayer with the Lord. All right, so um, make sure you mark your calendar and get here to do that. You're really gonna enjoy it. I think it's gonna be a great time for you to connect with the Lord, maybe in a whole different way that you've done before. So for the next 21 days, I really believe that God is challenging us to engage together as a church family in prayer and in fasting. So that means that I'm going to do it and you're going to do it and the person next to you is going to do it and we're all going to do it together. That may look different for each of us. Um, I, I, you, I want to encourage you to think about taking some of those days to fast. 
You might not be ready to start tomorrow because I just told you today, and that's okay. Uh, but I want you to think about maybe three days or seven days or 20 days, whatever it is in the next month. I really want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to take some time to pray extra and to fast in these 21 days. Um, and, and that's why we're offering some of these extra things for you to dig into this month. Okay? Sound good? Look at the person next to you and say, I'm glad you came to church today and take the challenge. All right? All right. So let me talk a little bit about fasting. Fasting is an act in which we deliberately and voluntarily deny self out of reverent fear of God. I often describe it like this. If you've been, if you've been coming to church here for very long, you've probably heard me say it before. Fasting is when we say no so we can say yes better. It's when we say no so we can say yes better. So we say no to the cravings of the flesh. We say no to what we want all the time in order that our spirits may say yes. We say no so that we can say yes to something better that God wants for us. We say no sometimes so we can say yes to God faster and quicker and more confidently. So fasting is when we say no so we can say yes better. Now, you can fast from all kinds of things. You can fast from food. You can fast from fast food. <laughs> you can fast from a certain drink, um, a certain kind of food, entertainment, hobbies, um, social media, anything that consumes time in your life. But the idea is that you give up something that's meaningful to you. You should miss the presence of this thing in your life. And the lack of it should remind you to connect with Jesus as your source and your provider. Fasting is the spiritual discipline that you need to advance forward. So why did I call this series 21 Days of Change? Is because fasting is what you need for something to change. I want you to think, is there something in your life that's stuck? Is there, uh, is there something, a place in your life, an area of your life that you're making no progress? Maybe it's a habit that you've been hoping to break but haven't been able to, or an obstacle that you can't conquer, or some impossible problem um, that you have. I want you to fast and pray in these 21 days, and I'm really believing there's going to be testimonies all across this room that you saw change because you fasted and prayed. All right, yeah, let's thank God in advance. I love it. So over the course of these weeks, we're going to look at four biblical examples of people who fasted and prayed and the change that they experienced. And my hope is that as we look at these biblical examples, you'll be able to apply it to your own life. And so today, we're going to start with Nehemiah. And um, I found this short video clip that I want you to watch that kind of encompasses Nehemiah's story in a funny way. And so I hope that you enjoy it. The book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah finds out through a messenger that his homeland is in ruins. Huh? Hundreds of years earlier, the Babylonians destroyed the city of Jerusalem. They tore down the temple and walls that protected the city and dragged the people away into captivity. Years went by with the Babylonians in charge until a powerful king in Persia named Cyrus attacked and defeated the Babylonians. As a result, Cyrus allowed the people of Israel to go back and rebuild their temple. Unfortunately, the Israelites once again turned their back and sinned against God. Meanwhile, King Cyrus dies and a new king is put into power. 
This new king boldly proclaims that there will never be a wall built around the city of Jerusalem again. It appears the Israelites have missed their window of opportunity. Nehemiah is the cupbearer to this king. Cupbearer meaning prime minister, bodyguard, and second in command. Nehemiah hears of his people's plight and his heart breaks. So he takes a risk and asks the king if he can go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. The hand of God was upon Nehemiah, so the king granted his request. And after five months, Nehemiah travels to Jerusalem to rebuild the wall. When he gets there, he surveys the situation for three days and then makes a speech to the people of Jerusalem. There are a few core things that we can pull out of Nehemiah's life about prayer and fasting for change. And so I want us to look, uh, and it's on your blue handout here if you got it this morning. Uh, the first comes from Nehemiah 1, 1 through 4. You can follow along with me. It says, In the month of Kislev in the 20th century, uh, 20th year, excuse me, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Han and I, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. And they said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. And when I heard these things, I sat down and wept for some days. I mourned and I fasted and I prayed before the God of heaven. So the first thing that Nehemiah did that helps us with our prayer and our fasting plan was to show concern for the problem. Will you say concern with me this morning? Say concern. All right, all my points start with C today, and I'm really proud of it, so we're just gonna, you're just gonna say each one of them, all right, this morning. So, concern for the problem. Now, we know that Nehemiah was the cupbearer to the king. His job was to taste the king's wine before the king drank it to make sure it was not poisoned. Okay, a great job until there's poison in the cup. Okay, a very risky job. But most of the year, he had a great life. He lived in the palace. He was safe. He had all the fine food that he wanted. He had great political standing. He had direct access to royalty. But what I love about Nehemiah is he doesn't forget about his brothers and the rest of the city. He was greatly concerned about what was happening in Jerusalem. He could have insulated himself. He could have said, you know what? I'm living a good life. Whatever, whatever's happening out there doesn't really affect me, so I don't have to worry about it. But Nehemiah doesn't. He doesn't get so wrapped up in his own life and in his own world that he forgets to have concern for others. Even when things are going well for him, he doesn't completely forget everyone else's story. And so Nehemiah, he listens to this report from his brothers, and they say, look, we're in trouble. There's disgrace. There's trouble. The gates have been burned with fire. And Nehemiah is upset. He's broken. He's, he's frustrated. And, and he says, okay, look, I am I'm very upset about this happening. And I was thinking, Nehemiah was so upset with this report because Jerusalem was where the temple stood. And the temple is where people met and worshiped and encountered God. And to Nehemiah, this wasn't just about a constructed wall being demolished. He wasn't sad because like money was being wasted. It was about the path to God not being protected. And Nehemiah was brokenhearted because the God he loved wasn't being honored anymore and people were going astray and they were adopting pagan practices and the city, God's city, was falling to pieces. 
And so we see what happens in Nehemiah 4. He weeps and he fasts. And we see here that this is the key. This is the first key to change is to have concern. So here's the deal. Nehemiah is teaching us, listen, you have to care that your life is a mess. (laughs) Like, you have to care that your life is a wreck or that you are going down the wrong path. You have to be brokenhearted about your loved one that is far from God. It has to bother you, the things that you're seeing in our city or the things that are happening in our country. The concern has to be there. And so Nehemiah says, listen, when you're laying awake at night and you're frustrated at, at what's happening around you, actually, that is the first step to change, being frustrated and concerned about it. But the concern can't just stop there. The concern has to drive you to prayer and fasting. So my question for you today is, what, what are you concerned about? Like, what are the things that are concerning you? Do you look around this world and think, this is really troubling? That's okay, but don't ignore them. Don't complain about them. Don't just make uh, Facebook posts about them. Don't just settle for them and say, well, this is how the world's always going to be, or this is how my life is always going to be. Let that concern drive you to pray and to fast. So those concerns that you have in your heart, let them drive you to pray and to fast. So the second thing that we see is a conviction about God's character. So the second word is conviction. Can you say conviction? All right, conviction. So Nehemiah, he's concerned. In verse 5, he next, he declares what he believes about God. He says, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. I love how Nehemiah, he says all his concerns. And then he says, but you know what? I know a God who is my master. I know that God reaches beyond the earthly realm. I know God is truthful and faithful and he can be trusted. And Nehemiah knows it, but he also declares it. He declares it over his concerns. I think he's probably preaching it to himself. How many of you preach to yourself all the time? That's what I got to do, right? I got to tell myself, listen, but the God I serve is good, and the God I serve is faithful, and the God I serve is truthful, and the God I serve is more concerned about that than I could ever be. And so it's interesting, too, because um, the Nehemiah actually, remember, he worked for the king. He was the cupbearer for the king. And at this time, this king was the greatest on earth at the time. But Nehemiah knew there was a greater king. Nehemiah knew that there was a king who could do even more than his own boss. His own boss could say, go find that person and behead them. His own boss had resources as much as as they needed. But Nehemiah knew his God, the king, is the king of kings. And that he's the one that he needed to go to. And I love Nehemiah's conviction about God's character. He knew that God was not only able, but God was willing to respond to his prayer and that God had all the resources to meet it. I was thinking about prayer and fasting. It doesn't um, manipulate God or uh, it doesn't change the character of God. It's not like we're fasting so God has enough power to help us. Fasting doesn't move God. God is God. Fasting moves us. Fasting puts us in a position of starving our flesh, of of being less selfish, of being less prideful. It puts us in a position to say, God, I remember who you are. 
There's less of me trying to solve these problems and more of you interacting and intervening on my behalf. And so as you fast and pray in these 21 days, remember who God is. Remember the convictions that you have about his character and remind yourself often of those things. Write them down. Make sure you read them each day or when you pray over your concerns, also declare God's character over those situations. Okay, here's the third one. Uh, The third thing that happens is confession of sin. Confession. Can you say it together this morning? Confession. All right, so after becoming concerned about the problem and expressing his conviction about God's character, in Nehemiah 1, 6 through 7, he confesses his sin. Let's read this part. He says, "Uh, I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly toward you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and the laws you gave your servant Moses. You know, it's interesting because I think as believers, as, as good people, many times we feel bad about our sin. Um, we typically know when we blew it, right? We know we make mistakes. Uh, and in fact, even sometimes we'll take the time to beat ourselves up about it. You know, we'll think about how stupid I was that I did that or how did I miss that? Um, and, and, we'll, and we'll actually maybe even like have a self-beat-up um, uh, session, you know, about how, how could I have done that again? But, you know, we don't actually go before God and confess them. We don't actually have uh, these moments where we, we go to the Lord and confess them. And here's the thing. Confession is a huge part of changing. Confession is a huge part of fasting and praying effectively. We can't uh, make excuses or pass the responsibility to anyone else. I love how Nehemiah, he was like, I confess the sins of the Israelites, including myself. He owns up. He doesn't say, well, I was never taught any different. Or um, I, didn't, I just didn't know any better. Or uh, I, I, I thought I was doing, I'm doing my best. I thought I was doing the right thing. He came to the Lord and he said, I'm going to look within and I'm going to own my part. And we need to confess, honestly, Lord, I'm wrong. Like, I want to be part of the answer. I'm sorry I've been part of the problem. The crazy part about sin uh, is we can't hide it from the Lord. I mean, he knows, right? He was part of it when we were there. He knew what we were thinking. He knew what led up to it. He knew what would happen. It makes me think of an article I read uh, years ago when some Boeing employees um, decided to steal a life raft uh, from one of the 747s they were working on, and they wanted to have like a party in the river on this life raft. And so they were actually successful in smuggling this life raft out of the plant. I don't know how that happened because it does not fit in your pocket. Um, but as they got on the river and they, you know, began to have this exciting party that probably somebody dared somebody else to do, um, all of a sudden within 12 minutes, the Coast Guard helicopter was hovering over them. And then one of the guys on the boat said, oh yeah, these have emergency locators on them. <laughs> Of course they do, because you use them in an emergency. And so they were able to find them instantly. And what that just brought to mind in a humorous way to me is, listen, um, when we try to hide our sins from God, I think he, he kind of maybe sits back and chuckles a little. <laughs> because he was there. 
He knows all about them, and he wants us to come to him with the stupid stuff we do. He wants us to say, Lord, that was not a good decision, and I'm sorry, and I'm part of the problem. Will you help me be part of the solution? So I just want you to think about today, are you hiding anything from God? Is there something you need forgiveness for? Because confession is really critical for change. It's really critical for change in our life. All right, here's the last one. Um, Nehemiah, after he, he does all those things, he makes a commitment to get involved. All right, last one. Can you say commitment this morning? Commitment. So here's the progression. His concern about the problem leads him to pray and fast. He he's a, has a conviction uh, from God um, about what, what God's character is, things he's known about God his whole life. And then he confesses the things that have stopped him from being close to the Lord. And then this leads him to a commitment to get involved. I want to read to you verse 11. It says, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this, your servant, and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. So what's happening is Nehemiah is saying, look, I see the problem. I'm praying about the problem, and now I'm ready to get my hands dirty to fix the problem. Nehemiah prays and he fasts, but then he goes to work. He goes to work. His burden for this broken city is growing. His assignment from God becomes clearer. He doesn't say, oh God, please send someone to repair the wall. He doesn't say, oh God, miraculously, can you put the wall back together like overnight? He doesn't pray any of that. He says, listen, I see the problem and I'll go. Pick me. I, I will go fix the problem you've shown me. Uh, there was a popular song a few years ago, uh, and the, the author of the song talked about how he was upset about all the things that he saw in the world, hungry children and homeless people and broken hearts. And, and he was asking the Lord, why? Why are you letting this happen? Why aren't you fixing this problem? And then the chorus of the song is, then God told me it's me. I'm the one that's, he's fixing the problem through me. I'm the one that's supposed to have the burden and then go help the situation. I'm the one that sees the problem and then I'm willing to go on God's behalf or give on God's behalf and be able to be part of the solution. And I love how this story ends in the book of Nehemiah. Um, he goes to the king and he says, listen, I'm going to need some time off. <laughs> I, I, I have to go. My heart is just so broken for this city. I need to rebuild the wall. I don't know where I'm going to find the people or the resources, but I need to go. And the king looks at him and, and says, you know what? I'll grant you the time off and I'll send you with all the men and all the resources that you need. And Nehemiah is just overwhelmed and that's what happens is fasting and prayer sends the favor of God before you in every situation. Fasting and prayer sends the favor of God before you. If you have something big coming up, if you have a, a situation in your future and you need the favor of God, I want to encourage you to fast and to pray because as you do that, God sends that favor before you. Nehemiah never dreamed that the king would give him all those resources. He just went and said, uh, I, I need to go. This is important to me. And the king, on, on, because of the fasting and prayer, because of the, the, the Holy Spirit going before him, the king granted him those things. So just as a recap this morning, uh, Nehemiah has concerns. He remembers the convictions about God that he believes. He confesses his sin, and then he makes a commitment to both pray 
and work on the concerns. So in the next 21 days of fasting and prayer together this month, we can model after Nehemiah. I want you to take that blue paper home with you and maybe you'd even read Nehemiah this month if you need a place to read in your your Bible this month. I wanna encourage you to use this model of prayer to put it into action. And I'm believing for favor. I'm believing for God's presence and for God to take impossible situations and turn them around in each of our lives. So would you stand? Let me pray for you today. Father, as we together as a church family just jump into fasting and prayer for these next 21 days, I pray you would give us um, feet for the task. God, that you would help us. Uh, maybe we've never fasted before. Or maybe it's something we do often. But God, I pray that we would take our concerns to you. God, that you would remind us of your promises. You would remind us that we can have confidence in you. God, we're sorry for the ways we've missed the mark at times. We're sorry for the things that we try to hide from you. But we lay it all before you today. We lay it all before you this month. Would you forgive us? Help us walk in freedom and in victory. Lord, we're going to look for the miracle this month. <laughs> we're going to expect a miracle because we know that you're always working. And we know that fasting moves us closer to your heart. And so God, I pray that each person in this room would take this challenge seriously, Lord. And as we do this, we can prepare for what I believe is going to be quite possibly the, the best month of the year in September. God, that we're gonna, we're gonna sense and feel the presence of God in a way we've never felt before. Lord God, would you come, Holy Spirit, we're ready for you. And as we prepare this month to just go into this new fall season, Lord, Holy Spirit, that you would bring us great anticipation that we would trust you in everything that we do. God, we love you today. We're trusting you. And it's in your name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Erie First Podcast. We'd love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can follow Erie First on Facebook or Instagram or visit eriefirst.org for all our latest news, announcement, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.